Hello, everybody, and welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast with me, James Dixon, wishing you a very good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever or wherever you are joining us from. And uh, that introduction that I always give at the beginning of the podcast is very applicable today as we welcome our guest. Ravi Chalaka is the Chief Marketing Officer at Jiffle Now and joins us from the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, over in California. Ravi, thank you very much for joining the podcast. Great to have you on the show. James, it's a pleasure to be on your show. Um, uh, Ravi is going to be talking to us today um, about return of investment, but um, particularly how that ties in with the, uh, uh, the Jiffel Now platform, uh, something that's been developed, as I said, out in Silicon Valley. Um, Ravi is the chief marketing officer, but has significant experience within the events industry as a vice president. Um, I think at this point, Ravi, um, we should very much welcome you to, to the podcast, but could you start by perhaps giving us an overview of your own professional experience prior to working at Jiffle now? Uh, thanks, James. Uh, I've been in the industry, especially in the tech industry, for over 25 years. Um, I've been, in the last 15 years, leading many uh, marketing teams as vice president of marketing for large and small companies. Uh, my experience uh, with events is all that 25 years, almost every year I would attend as many as a dozen different events because that's one of the most important ways in which we reach our customers, talk to our partners, talk to press and analysts and the whole works. So as a, a participant, as an attendee, as well as as a major um, as a, our, a company that exhibits in large ways in events of different types and different verticals, I have a lot of knowledge about how, what goes on in the industry. And, and coupled with that knowledge comes an understanding of return of investment or return on investment, um, which is, is always, it can be quite an awkward phrase to talk to people about. It, it can create much debate and prompt much discussion amongst different people, depending on which way you look at it. I've heard some people in the past argue to me that really there's no such thing as return of investment. You know, there's no real way to monitor it. I think the reality is, is that we're now in an age where we can utilize certain types of technology to at least clarify or, or generate some sort of analytical data that can support return of investment. Um, what's your own particular take on it and how it's developed both from your experience working as a as a marketing uh, person for other companies and now working with a, a platform that can help um, support that as a vice president of marketing at several major companies one of my number one frustrations was the inability to convince my c-level uh, counterparts that we are making a good investment with events events as you know could be number one or number two in a marketing budget Mm -hmm. And it has been a frustrating experience trying to show that the leads that we collect or the awareness that we create is actually turning into business value. You know, so the CFOs are not convinced that we have been doing a very good job as a marketing organization or as an events organization to prove that the millions of dollars that are being invested are actually producing a return. The good news now is now with new technology, especially driven by software, that problem is a thing of the past. Mm. It is no longer enough to say we scanned a thousand leads at a show. It's no longer enough to say we were present in a big way at the front of the exhibit floor. Or, we, you know, it is very important to show how much traction we have created through the investment. And that is where the return on investment comes in, even down to the dollar value of the investment that we've made to what is the return can be done because we have software. 
in the world of Uber, Airbnb, and all the software that's going on, mm. events is prime target for a software-driven ROI. Absolutely. I, f- I find that, that there's a certain irony or, or, or paradox, um, depending on, on, on what you want to term it, when it comes to looking at ROI, particularly with exhibitions that feature tech companies or anything that is, is, is considered to be a new innovation in any particular marketplace. Because anything that is considered to be new and just being launched is going to take time to populate within a, a, an industry and within a sector. That means you're not going to see immediate sales as a result of it so it's potentially very very difficult to track roi um, from new products that are being launched at exhibitions this to me has always been why it's such a tricky subject to to focus on because you could get business four or five years down the line that ultimately can be led back to your presence at a particular exhibition but you may never know about it that's a true statement but remember for an roi when you make a let's say a million dollar investment at a major show like mobile world conference or consumer electronic show, and you have a decent sized booth, by the way, million dollars doesn't go a lot <laughs> lately <laughs> for a large booth, but the, there are multiple reasons why you get there. You have existing business, you have existing prospects and customers where they're in the different stages of the sales cycle. A sales team really wants to know that if marketing and events can help them progress and advance that sales cycle further along to closure, Not everything is going to close at the end of the show or end of a meeting, but there are several meetings that happen. In an event, you have a better opportunity than in any other opportunity where you not only have the executives there, you have the demonstrations there, you have the sessions there, and the people are wanting to learn about the companies. So the main thing is advancing sales cycle is the number one priority of an event. And so some of them can close, but a lot of them can be measured on how much improvement we made in mm-hmm. a deal that is, let's say, 50% probable of closing to an 80% probable of closing. That's an ROI we can measure. Absolutely. And, and when, we talk, when we talk about those, those meetings and those deals happening, they can only happen when people do meet each other, when, when two parties link up in a physical capacity to actually sit down and talk business. Um, you know, that, that could be done over email, but ultimately what that is still is direct contact between two parties. But that's got to start somewhere. And I suppose th- at this point, this is a good, um, a good point to sort of identify what what Jiffle now is and, and where you guys sit in that marketplace, because this is a platform that's come about in order to, to, to aid those initial meetings, isn't it? Absolutely. So I want to introduce the concept, which has now become very popular with hundreds of companies that are our customers already, especially the Fortune 5000. Uh, it's called the Meeting Automation Platform. But let me actually, before I explain that, talk about you made a good point about you had to meet people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, of the value comes from 20% of the meetings, not with all the scan badges that get it. So we all know that. So by maximizing the number of face-to-face meetings, which is a sit-down meeting or showing a demo or a session, is the greatest way to increase your return on investment in a big, big, big way. Mm -hmm. If we can meet 500 customers that have been pre-scheduled ahead of time because the ability of doing that and having a sit down with the right participants, both from internal company and from outside the company, you're able to now demonstrate value in that engagement that you had. Now to do hundreds of these meetings, it's next to impossible to do it manually. You know, you usually hire two or three coordinators who don't know much about the topic or the technology, but they then are here to basically administrate 
the scheduling of it in a manual fashion. Now comes the platform called MAP, Meeting Automation Platform. This basically engineers, let's say you start off three, six, 12 weeks before the event, a major event, mm-hmm. the salespeople can from within their CRM platform, schedule their meetings, request meetings, and this process goes through a lot more smoothly. So what we find is customers who use a meeting automation platform are able to increase the number of face-to-face meetings at an event by somewhere between 40 and 100% yeah. within the first year. They may go to five big shows or maybe 15 shows, but the net effect of all that is instead of meeting 500 customers, very soon they're meeting 1,000 customers, and that can be attributed to the return on investment. It's all sure. possible because a meeting automation platform does three things. You can pre-schedule meetings, you can manage meetings during the event, and you can, after the event, analyze the data because it's all connected. Do you think that the mentality that this affects is, is going to have a positive impact? And when I talk about the mentality, I mean that if you or I visited a trade exhibition tomorrow and we registered, we got our badges, and we just walked around the exhibition floor and we visited a number of different stands or booths, um, we could speak to people on an ad hoc basis as we're walking around. They would be what I would consider to be quite informal discussions you know you've just walked up to somebody you've asked for some information you're unlikely to do any sort of significant business in that first instance the flip side and the alternative that's now being presented is is that from a mental point of view if you're making that meeting a more formal process it's something that you have a schedule for you can see when you're going to meet these people mentally you're going into that meeting prepared to potentially do business aren't you 100% 100% correct. You hit the nail on the head. When both the internal audience, let's say an executive or an expert, and the external audience come into a meeting prepared, knowing the agenda, the purpose of the meeting, what are they there for? And you can operate much more efficiently because you have the right people in the meeting. They're coming prepared and they know what's the reason why they are sitting there. So it's all going to work better. Mm-hmm. Just like our conversation right now, we had a preparation. We had someone coordinate what is the topic we're going to talk about. That way we deliver value to each other as well as the audience that you're speaking to. It's all in the preparation. And that's what a meeting automation platform does a really good job on. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've, again, this this is an opinion. I often throw my my random opinions out, opinions out on this podcast that yeah. could be complete garbage to people listening in and shouting at me but i think that the best technology that that we see deployed in any industry but you know the events industry is where we work is 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 one that has identified human behavior and how we interact and how we behave and utilizes technology based on how human behavior has been analyzed and looked at if we try and break people's habits or mentalities yes. or try influence to do something that they're not habitually used to doing yes. then the technology will fail if what we're doing is actually playing to the mentality of people and how they think naturally that's going to help and that that ties back into what i said about if the meeting is more formal if somebody is presented with a meeting schedule then naturally their instinct is going to be more inclined to do business with somebody rather than just picking up a leaflet or having their badge scanned right and and let me just elaborate on that you're right on with the example so very correct you know it's easy to say we have a meeting but in fact a meeting is a complete workflow Just imagine the pre-meeting planning and scheduling. 
You had to create an agenda. You had to invite participants. You need to know who the speaker is. You need to be able to manage logistics, the location. You need to send reminders and you need to discuss metrics of what is it that we're expecting. During the meeting or before, just on the day of the meeting, you need to check in attendees. You need to manage content. You need to make sure that all the right people are there and track progress. If, if the CEO is supposed to visit, make sure that he's saying, come in and saying hello. And post-meeting, all the next steps, the measurement, the analytics, the dashboards, these things don't happen automatically. And when you use a manual dependency, it's going to be, maybe you'll do well with 40 or 50 meetings. The minute you get past that, it's going to be all kinds of things going complex. And that's why the event managers feel very frustrated. They know what's important. They just don't have a way to solve it with just human power. Sure. Is this, is this type of platform targeted at um, event organizers to be deployed uh, by, by them as an organizer and as an event? Is it intended to be used by the actual exhibiting companies or is it a combination of both? I'd say ultimately it's going to be the combination of both, but we have had majority of our success initially with exhibitors. They have a set of meeting rooms either at the exhibit floor or in a hotel nearby. Mm -hmm. And they have sessions and they have demos. They want to make sure it is maximized the usage value of that one. So they are the ones who have adopted this and embraced it. And we have hundreds of customers, including 50 of the Fortune 1000 customers. Some of the biggest names you can think of in the Silicon Valley actually use it. Mm -hmm. So now we are also finding organizers offering this to customer, their exhibitors, as a way, instead of each one having their own, they're able to integrate it with the event registration technology or the mobile app technology. So because the data exists about customers there, that can be tied back into the meeting automation platform. So ultimately, all of them can use this. And, and when we talk about return of investment and ROI, um, it, it's not something that's only applicable to big companies with big budgets. It's it, it, so it, again putting things into context. It's all relative to the size of your operation. You may have a million dollar booth at a trade event, and you may have forty staff manning that. You may have dedicated meeting rooms that are incorporated within that booth. The flip side to that is you could have a small company with two or three staff, a small booth who don't have the capacity to have a meeting room on their actual booth or on their stand who might not be able to afford to actually have a, a hotel nearby with some meeting rooms booked into it then the beauty about that is that now more and more event organizers are actually dedicating part of their floor space to these one-to-one -one meeting zones aren't they where people can just go and set up meetings they can use platforms like this to to set up the meetings but they're giving them the, the exhibitors somewhere to actually physically conduct those that is correct. That's where we see the market adopting in a much larger scale. When organizers enable their smaller exhibitors, instead of each one buying their own platform, they have somebody provisioning that for them mm -hmm. and they can utilize the 20 or 30 meetings that they want to schedule when the large exhibitors send scheduling 500 or 1000 meetings in a single four day event. Mm. Um, I'm always keen to ask about the d d development of new platforms like this. You know, some spring up relatively quickly and come to market, uh, and that could be a good thing, that could be a bad thing, depending on what it is. Um, in terms of GIFL now and speaking specifically about that platform, how long was the development of, of this? There are other meeting platforms out there. Why the, the desire to develop a new one, and what did you think you guys could do, could do better and improve on? 
Jiffle now has been in business for 10 years now. And this product that we're talking about, which we call Jiffle Now Event Meetings, for example, which is a meeting automation platform category, uh, was developed by working with some major companies. So our founders went and sat with event managers and event professionals and says, what are your biggest challenges? We had a solution for scheduling, but they step by step over the last 10 years, and especially in the last five years, we have been meticulously supporting major companies with complex problems in making it easy for that, their salespeople to request meetings and for meeting managers to schedule meetings and to track it. So it was built by working closely with event professionals and solving their major concerns. And right now we have hundreds of people, they even, instead of calling us Jiffle now, they say, Jiffle, wow, you made my job so much easier. Uh, ROI and going back to this subject is all about being able to, to tangibly trace yes. business back to a certain point, you know, uh, yes. the, the, the genesis, if you will, of where that sale ultimately came from. Um, when we look at the analytics that could be generated through this platform, how do they manifest themselves? You know, how, how would somebody actually be able to look at all of the meetings that they've set up using this platform and actually be able to say, ah, right, okay, well, here's the data that we generate from that. There are several types of data. The basic data that an event manager wants to provide is, you know, I had 10 meeting rooms, I had 12 demos or whatever the name is. How efficiently were they utilized? How many real prospects came in? When you're able to track that, you're able to say, I invested in a half a million or a million dollars. Here was the return on investment, the number of engagements we had that were recorded. But the most important thing is when a meeting is pre-scheduled, the requester sends out the dollar value of the reason that that meeting is happening. Let us say I have a customer, Disney or uh, you know, GM coming in for a meeting. I, as a sales guy, will say, hey, this is a half a million dollar deal or this could be a $3 million deal. Mm -hmm. That's why I want the senior executive of operations sitting in that meeting room or I want the head of products sitting in the meeting room. Now, when that meeting happens and you have 20, 30, 100 of those meetings, I can now say the value that of the meeting was X number. We call that mm -hmm. influence revenue. Okay. We have influenced the revenue of a big deal from point A to point B. Now, we also measure how many we did last year. If we had uh, 100 meetings last year and this year we're doing 250 meetings, the incremental reason was because you have an automation tool that helped you increase in a dramatic fashion rather than the norm. So we can take only the increase and see the value of the deals that were there and attribute a influenced value to the event manager, which can then report up to the CFO and the CMO and says, look, we've delivered. I'll give you one example of a company. They started three years ago with me, a major software company. They had roughly about 900 meetings in their biggest event. Last year, they did 2000 meetings and they attributed, their calculation showed the total value of those uh, 2,000 meetings was worth about $796 million. Wow. Now, when you present a number like that, everyone, CFO, the CEO, the CMO pays attention saying, let us continue to invest at an event because I can see the value it has delivered to me. Mm -hmm. What they don't want to hear is we collected 5,000 scanned badges because those don't automatically turn into business. 
Sure. Um, now, some of those people, maybe five, ten percent of the five thousand leads, might want to have a fully scheduled meeting because they are a qualified customer. So, right there on the floor, you can qualify the people walking in. Not only because you can pre-schedule, you can also on on event schedule them and say, tomorrow my expert will be here. We can have a 30-minute meeting with you because you're looking for a specific solution. And from a professional development point of view, um, if I was a a, a chief financial officer in a company and I'd spent this amount on on an exhibition, but I can see that we had meetings with potential business to this value, if you then don't get any business from those meetings and if nothing translates into an actual sale, the question then is not whether or not I got value from the exhibition organizer. The question then becomes one of the actual, the staff themselves. Do they need training? Do we need to support them in a different way to try and convert what were obviously very productive meetings into sales? The the questions are then being asked in a different direction rather than the classic example, which is, oh, well, we spent a lot of money at that exhibition and we didn't get anything from it. It must be the exhibition's fault. Exactly. And you, you had another very important point now one of the data that I can produce is here are the 40 salespeople or people who actually utilized the event and had customers who are already visiting there meet with some of the experts from the company. You can tell the remaining 500 salespeople, why aren't you scheduling? Because your deals are not progressing. And by the way, here's another important value of the meeting automation platform from Now. We integrate with salesforce.com. We integrate with Marketo for the marketing automation now that data doesn't just reside in the meeting automation platform, it is then transferred to Salesforce to see how over number of connections or over number of meetings and number of events, this deal has progressed with that face-to-face conversation. Right, and again, this comes back to the tangible tracking of, yes. uh, of business and where, it's been, and where it's been sourced from. Um, you said that the Jiffle Now has been uh, in existence and available for a decade. Um, yes. What have you been able to, 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 to trace in terms of attributable business um, to, as, as a result of the platform? Presumably, you've got uh, long-term customers who've been using this over a prolonged period of time who, who can give you some really good uh, headline figures. One of the beauties of software as a service, which is running on a cloud, you can track everything that's going on. Obviously, we will keep confidential information away from anybody. That's Mm -hmm. private customer data. But we know how many meetings are being scheduled. We know how much business is being discussed in those meetings. We understand how many executives are participating. I'll give you some examples. Over the last decade, with our software and meeting automation platform, our customers have booked over 500,000 meetings at events. Mm. If you take just one example, uh, Mobile World Conference, which just happened uh, in February in Barcelona, we had 50 customers using our product, roughly 50 or 51. They combined booked about 15,000 meetings just in that one show. You can track 15,000 meetings. And if you look at the decades worth of data on revenue influence, we have estimated close to $23 billion in revenue influence by the companies that utilize the meeting automation platform. That is a number that will get the attention of the C-level suite. Mm, absolutely. And that's what, and then if you look at the number of attendees, we've supported almost 2 million attendees. Uh, you know, we can count, okay, there were, you know, three participants from the customer, there were two 
internal uh, executives at present. So that's five people that met, sit down for 30 minutes or 45 minutes and had a conversation. We're talking about 2 million. And obviously most of that data was uh, in the last three, four years when we started accelerating our business uh, because more and more companies felt like they have to have this capability in their event uh, arsenal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think um, the, the, the beauty that we're at and the stage that we've reached as, a, as an industry now is that um, for many, many years, it was too easy for exhibitors to point the finger at an exhibition organizer and say, yeah. I'm sorry, we, we're not going to book for next year because we didn't get any business from it. Um, it was too, and there was very little that the exhibition organizer could do other than present the headline figures of how many people walked through the door of their event. I think the beauty now is, is that um, it, with the correct deployment of this type of technology, everybody can benefit and organizers themselves and perhaps not left as open to attack from exhibitors um, when in, the reality is, is that a, a, lot, a lot of the time they're just lazy. Um, yes. that, 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 that's the reality of it. A lot of the, historically exhibitors have been lazy and they haven't worked as hard as they should have done to generate business. That's the sad situation it's come down to because they feel helpless. They're working really hard. I'll tell you, ex- event professionals are the, probably the most hardest working people they don't get the credit for how much hard they work. The problem is they don't have access to the kinds of technology they need to make that event more successful to the business. Mm-hmm. And within the tools that they had, which is just add more people to keep things running smoothly, uh, is the only option. Okay, you need to schedule a meeting? I'll hire a couple of admins who'll keep all the requests coming in and schedule the right people. And it's like a manual check challenge the need right now is to be able to move to the next level and be able to automate a lot of these processes and show the value that we are able to get so i i think the event professional that sees a map technology will say oh my god how have i you know how did i run my business without such a thing and i'll give you one more important i've been a vp of marketing i have personally had to cancel big events that we invested in in my previous company because I couldn't see the ROI. I said, I can't afford to spend another $1 million on the show. And there were several shows that I had to cancel because I couldn't prove. I was moving that money to some other uh, investment like you know, social media or mm-hmm. you know, digital marketing because I wasn't able to prove the ROI. Now with this capability, you're giving the event professionals one of the best ways to be able to convince management as to why it is that this is one of the best investments a company can make. Because you're physically meeting customers face-to-face. And by the way, it's not just customers. It could be partners. It could be suppliers. It could be analysts. It could be the press. It could be the media. All of these are influencers that influence. Now you can track the result on this one. We've been talking on today's podcast to Ravi Chalaka. Ravi is the Chief Marketing Officer for Jiffle Now and has joined the podcast today from uh, his base over in the Bay Area of California, Silicon Valley, to, uh, to everybody listening on today's podcast. If you want to find out a little bit more about, um, about Jiffle Now, we've, we've touched on some of the stuff that, they've, uh, that, that they can do as well as talking about the wider subject of ROI on today's podcast. If you do want to find out a little bit more, jifflenow.com, J-I-F-F-L-E, N-O-W, jifflenow.com is the website and you can find um, some quick videos, some demos on there and uh, all sorts of information about what those guys can do. And um, as Ravi has alluded to, they're, they're obviously based over 
in California in the USA, but uh, clearly working working on a on a global level, having uh, delivered um, clients in in Barcelona uh, very recently. So, Ravi, thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to join the podcast. Thank you for having me, and have a great day, all of you, and for your listeners. Uh, if you are listening to the audio-only version of today's podcast, don't forget to hop over to eventindustrynews.com. You can watch the video version of this podcast and in all of our previous podcasts. You can also check all the latest news and features from the various different sectors of the wider events industry, as well as some of the special supplements that Event Industry News has produced. If you are watching the video version of this via eventindustrynews.com, head over to your favorite podcast platform and uh, follow the audio only versions of these download them and listen to them on your commute to and from work or if you're uh, in ravi's particular circumstance enjoying it while you're walking in the californian sunshine um <laughs> thanks very much again to our guest ravi chalaka and uh, we'll see you on the next edition of the event industry news podcast thanks a lot and goodbye mm-hmm.